0: have to go in and edit this anyway, so, huh? I'm going to have to go in and edit this anyway, so, I know. I know. it's no big deal, okay. Uh, okay. Easy. okay. all right, so, we'll probably just start with, um, I'm just going to go really quickly through what happened this past weekend, there's some news that came out, we won't really talk about it, I'll just mention it, just so, that'll happen, and then we'll talk about your stuff.
1: Okay, um, are you? Go- is this show going to air before or after Christmas?
0: Before. Four.
1: so we can i can't say you know merry christmas to all the you can And a happy new year to uh, sure. all our listeners yeah because our
0: christmas episode is the um the one wes and i pre-taped for the sports show as well okay so
1: okay so this will be like the christmas show yeah this will this will basically that, go up
0: as soon as i get it done
1: The i podcast The. i the, pod, the Christmas podcast. Off
0: to a rollicking good start here on episode <laughs> 33 of the all-new sports show, the podcast. That's a different voice, everyone. We are just 866 miles from that part of Rio that we were at. Yeah. Yes, I looked it up.
1: We are 860 miles from Miami, not from Rio. No,
0: we are. No. I looked it up.
1: We are 800 and some, not miles, because... Well, may. Okay. I will. Okay, eight hundred and some miles.
0: Okay. Fact checking ruins the podcast. <laughs> uh, once again, I am Edward Green here, not joined as usual by my colleague Wes Bradshaw and also producer Desmond McManus, but here with someone else, Susie Green. Welcome to the podcast, Susie.
1: Well, thank you. And you forgot to tell that I am your mother.
0: I was. I was expecting <laughs> them to deduce that from the context clues of our last names being the exact same. Oh, maybe
1: I did not pay attention to the names, but uh, thank you for having me. Uh, before I started anything, I just if I forget at the end, I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to all uh, the listeners to the show. And I hope that you pass along the word that tell your friends about the podcast that is one of the best on the internet. And of course, I'm not being at all, no.
0: partial to this. No, why would you be? No, no reason for you to be biased at all. Um, but again, guys, it is uh, episode 33. Uh, we will be doing episode 34 next week. We have actually already recorded. So as we mentioned last time, if some other news goes down that you think we should be talking about, but for some reason we're not, that's why, because we're kind of doing these on a bit of a delay. Um, do want to mention you guys, of course, there's many ways you can get in contact with us. One is our Twitter page at All New Sports Show. I am at Edward Green. She is not on Twitter. So if you want to bash her or praise her, you can get on my Twitter feed and do it. Or if you want to yell at Wes Bradshaw for not being here, you can go to at Wes Bradshaw21. You can also go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash All New Instagram.com slash All New Sports Show for a bunch of pics of us, YouTube.com slash The All New Sports Show for our official YouTube channel. If you want to email us, show at gmail.com. And please, even though we are not there right now, you may send your letters and your parcels, but no live animals, and I'm glad you don't approve of that. 1701 Sunset Avenue, Suite 201, Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, 27804. All right, let us get you really quickly caught up on what has been going on in the dramedy that is the Barclays Premier League this past weekend. Burnley 1, Southampton 0, team in crisis at St. Mary's, Chelsea 2, Hull City 0, Chelsea rebound with a big win, Crystal Palace 1, Stoke 1, Leicester nil. Manchester City 1, Sunderland 1, West Ham 1, West Brom 1, Aston Villa nil. Arsenal 4, Newcastle 1, what a pantsing for Arsenal. Also, sorry Wes, on Sunday it was Manchester United 3, Liverpool nil in a match that maybe could have been with a few more chances. Liverpool seven Manchester United three a failure to convert and some great stops by goalkeeper David De Gea there and Swansea one Tottenham Hotspur to Tottenham come back with a goal in the closing moments by Christian Erickson to win and it was Everton three QPR one on Monday night football. In the FIFA Club World Cup yes that is a thing and we did remember it is going on right now they have just finished the semifinals uh, Real Madrid beat Cruz Azul 4-0 and San Lorenzo out of Argentina beat Auckland City 2-1 in added extra time San Lorenzo and Real Madrid will be playing for the FIFA Club World Cup and as somebody on the NC Spurs Facebook page posted Is this just a reason for Real Madrid to get yet another crap trophy? It might kind of be. Also in the third-place game, it will be Auckland City versus Cruz Azul. And ES Setif beat WS Wanderers 2-2, 5-4 on penalties in the fifth-place match. In the Capital One Cup on Tuesday, it was Chelsea 3, Derby County 1. Sheffield United 1, Southampton 0. Southampton still team in crisis. Wednesday, it was AFC Bournemouth 1, Liverpool 3, West, and Tottenham Hotspur 4, Newcastle United, nil. And there's the FA Cup, which is coming up in January. We'll start paying attention then. Um, all right, so let's get to the reason you were here, Susie. This is a very big year for Brazil. Huge year, big time. The FIFA World Cup 2014 we we talked about it so much it's basically the reason we started this podcast very exciting and you were actually here for it
1: yes although i do live in the state my hometown is brazil and which is that's where we are right now spending christmas with my family Uh, if anybody wants to look on the map uh, we are in the city in torres which means towers and in, in the state of Rio Grande do Sul. We touch Argentina, uh, and as probably most of you know, Brazil is one of the biggest um, hotbed for players for soccer that are going you know, to, into the international uh, fields. If you look up at any team here, probably most of the European teams, there is at least one Brazilian player in there some are really, really good, some are not so good, but still they're getting a chance you know, to play overseas. Most of our best players are out there, are gone. They, are not, they do not play in teams in Brazil. Um, and that's probably one of the reasons that there is a lot of controversy between the players and the coaches and things like that because they do not actually play against each other much here in the tourney, tourneys in Brazil. Uh, besides that, yeah, we had it was a buildup for 80 years that knew that we were going to get the World Cup. It was one of Brazil hadn't had it hosted since 1958, I think it was mm-hmm. the last time. So the people was re- were ready. There was like two generations almost that were waiting for to, have a, to host a World Cup in here in Brazil. And probably most of you know that we did not do really well when it came to the end. We kind of squeaked by through some of the games, but I think for generations and generations from now on, we're going to be known as the team that lost to the world champion Seven zero, which it was something totally, totally unexpected. I don't think anybody in the wildest d- dream would have foreseen a, a score like that mm. because of the you know Brazil playing at home, having a decent team, and uh, having you know the people behind them you know in the stadium and everything. So it was one of the biggest um, letdown mm-hmm. that I think the country has suffered because of the big anticipation that they had built up in the last eight years.
0: So. Well, if you guys look up on the map as well to figure out kind of where we are, the closest um, World Cup site we would be to would be Porto Alegre in Rio Grande do Sul, where they played at the Estadio Rio. Uh, where uh, I believe we uh, played, international play. mm-hmm. So that was our closest one. Not too many matches were played there. Uh, just to take a quick look at Brazil's path to the World Cup, they started with a 3-1 win in the opener against Croatia, drew nil-nil against Mexico, and then beat Cameroon 4-1 to advance as group winners. Uh, and then that's where the fun started. Exactly. The knockout stage. Uh, they played Chile in the opener there in the round of 16 in Belo Horizonte. Uh, 1-1, 3-2 on penalties. The tears flowed freely from everyone. It was crazy, and that was a theme that would continue. July 4th, uh, the tears kept coming in a 2-1 win over Columbia. One of the tournament darlings, however, the tears this time were tears of sadness as Neymar, the team's captain, was knocked out due to injury, a very serious neck and back injury that allowed him to not continue the rest of the tournament. Also in that one, Thiago Silva picked up his second yellow of the tournament, which knocked him out as well for the Germany match. And you're right, that Germany match, 7-1 against them back in Belo Horizonte. And that 7-1 loss, the Selecau's biggest loss in- so. That too, remember folks, I can't pronounce things, um, was tied for their biggest defeat ever in international competition, along with Uruguay six, Brazil nil, in Chile on September 18, 1920. I think we all remember that match. Um, but for Brazil, of course, a very storied history. They've been to all 20 World Cups, one, five, most recently in 2002. Uh, they've been to Copa America 33 times, winning eight of them. They have been to the CONCACAF Gold Cup three times, and they have finished runner-up twice there. And they've been to the Confederations Cup seven times, winning four of them most notably right here just last year in Brazil, which is, I think, where we kind of thought there had been questions about Brazil. There had been questions, where were they going to get goals from? Are they just going to give it to Neymar and just let him go? And I think some people thought after the Confederations Cup that Brazil really had a chance to do well in the World Cup. And, and I think that assuaged a few fears a little bit, right?
1: They, it did, especially because the team was very young. And still, it is a very young kid. They're almost kids. Knowing that Neymar is only 23 years mm. old, there are some kids that are like 20 years old. It's not a very experienced team in t- terms of age. But they have played, you know, soccer since they were probably two or three years old. Neymar being one of the biggest name of course there is a lot of emphasis on him mm-hmm. playing and playing well. Uh, it seems like during the Confederation Cup, the team did come together as a, as a whole, as a unit. They were playing, they were passing the ball, they were sharing. Um, it was not just so much Neymar, Neymar, Neymar. There was Fred, there was Hulk, there mm-hmm. was uh, David Luiz, there was a lot of the other players that did come up in the ranking mm-hmm. eh, during the Confederation Cup. So. Based on that, that's why I think a lot of the expectation of the Brazilian people, not just Brazilian people, but most of the world, they were putting Brazil up there on the top as one of maybe the four or the two finalists, mm-hmm. maybe not winning all, mm-hmm. but being you know in contention for the title at the end, based on how they did on the Confederation Cup. Um, Neymar, just to talk a little bit about him, He is one of the athletes that you can think he was almost like a a gift from God because Mm -hmm. he is good, he is small, he is agile, but he loves to have the ball on his feet. Mm -hmm. He likes to take control of it. And a lot of the players, I think they become to, to trust him. So if he is not in the team, it seems like there is... Something, it is something missing, it's an intri- intricable, intricable part of mm. the team itself that is missing because most of the final plays is through his feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, when he was hurt, and you, if you all saw the game, it looks like it was an intentional fault that oh, it yeah. was done. Um, it was to take him out of the game, that took some of the air out of, of the rest of the players. Mm-hmm. It let them concern any dad showed when they were in the field. They were not as confident. They did not know what was going to happen with, that, with him not being in there. So he is almost like the glue that holds the team together. A lot of people do not like that. Uh, there is a lot of criticism of that because he hogs the ball most of the time, they say. But it seems like if he's not doing anything, nobody else can create mm-hmm. the plays. Nobody can finalize in there. So through him, uh, either passing the ball to him and him kicking in the goal, or him passing to somebody, to cre- he creates the final play, is where Brazil usually is the strongest. Uh, hopefully, the next one he'll be able to play all the way through
0: so. certainly and I think you know you you look at guys there's actually a pair of guys over at Shakhtar Donetsk right now who would step up as forwards one of them actually leads the Champions League right now in goals scored Luis Adriano who's just 27 Douglas Costa also at Shakhtar only 24 And I mean you look at some of these ages for these other guys Philip Coutinho who plays at Liverpool 22 Willian at Chelsea 26 Uh, Luis Gustavo, who plays in Wolfsburg, 27. Oscar at Chelsea, 23. Um, Thiago Silva is 30 at PSG. David Luiz is 27. Um, But this is a young team, and this is something that they can be molded. I think they can be shaped. And the man who's doing that right now in his second tour of duty, Coach Dunga, uh, who, of course, had them in the 2006 World Cup, which also did not go so great. I'm sorry, in the 2010 World 2000. Cup 2010 World Cup, uh, when they lost to the Dutch in the semifinals. Um, he was back. A lot of people were a little confused, a little concerned by this. I myself being one of them. You are the one person I talked to who was very excited about this movement, and I, I want you to tell people why.
1: Since I was a kid, always my favorite team has always been the Internacional, which is one of the two teams you know of my state. There is Internacional in Grêmio. Dunga, as far as I can remember, he was always an international. uh, It was part of the international team. Mm -hmm. He was really good. He was one one of that hosted the. trophy at the last cup that we had, not the last one, the next to the last one on the play in the state. Uh, he was an awesome player during his whole career. He played in the European clubs and everything. Once he came back, he has worked a lot with kids' camps. He has, you know, some of those on the yeah. pork uh, sessions of the cities in Porto Alegre, he has developed some kids c- camps in there for kids to develop them into soccer players or to just to take them out of the street. After a while, he was, quoted. Uh, coded, you know, asked to see if you wanted to lead the um, Seleção Brasileira, which is the Brazilian team. And he said yes. But the way he was coached when he was a player, it was a very restricted um, way of doing. Uh, there were rules. There were times for things. There were ways and how you behave. There was a sense of ethics as every player should have, which to me lately, a lot of the players, not just Brazil, but a lot in the world, as they become more famous, they become spoiled. They think that just because they are the stars of a team that they can do as they please. Something else. That was uh, a lot of the coaches before, they let the media run the way they're supposed to, who they are supposed to put in the field, how they are supposed to run the uh, training times, what time who is the players they're supposed to be asked Mm -hmm. to to join the the team. Dunga was very different. His first tour with the team, he suffered a lot of criticism because of that because he did not let the media tell him what to do, yeah. when to do, and how to do it. He was the coach of the team, and he was gonna do the way he knew how to do it. That, and plus, not only the media, the people itself in Brazil, all over the world, and some the big uh, the, um, directors of FIFA and the CBF, which mm-hmm. is the confederation that rules the Brazilian mm-hmm. teams, they were not very happy with him. They got to South Africa, and down there, too, he kind of closed the camps. He closed the training to the media. Sometimes mm-hmm. they did let them in. He did not want the players to go and talk with the reporters too much. They were supposed to have one or two after, after training session. You go in there, and you answer the question, and that's it. He kind of shielded the players a lot. Since this was the first time that it was done, it was met with a lot of resistance. Some of the players did not like because they thought they were the stars. They should tell you know, the coach when and a lot of the things, how they were gonna play instead of listen to that.
0: And I think a lot of that has to do though with the kind of players that were on the team at the time. You had players like Ronaldinho and uh, Kaká who were just gigantic stars. And while Neymar is a huge star, there's not as many of those kind of, like, highly praised players, even though they're very good players, they are not a lot of these gigantic superstars, I think, now on this Brazil team.
1: And that's one of the things I don't think if you take out, you know, Messi and a couple other, Cristiano uh, Ronaldo and maybe one or two more all okay. over the world, there is no big names anymore. And it's not just in Brazil, if you go in uh, Europe is the same thing, South America, Argentina, Paraguay, Uruguay, they usually too have some good names, some that you see out in the media, in the world media. Mm-hmm. There is not that big star anymore. Yeah. yeah, there is Messi that he's known for the last six, seven years, but he has not come anybody, let's say, to take his place. Mm-hmm. Who is there to take the Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, Messi and Neymar's place? Mm-hmm you know, I, at least I have not heard of anybody yeah. as big as those three. So that's one of the things that, that in the Brazilian team there is nobody with big heads anymore, so mm-hmm. to speak. So this was one of the things that I think that made the selection of Dunga and of him accepting again the post of being coach a little easier because he knew when he was gonna come in mm-hmm. and he told them from the beginning that he was only gonna accept if they were gonna let him do his job the way he knew how to do, the way it's supposed to be done. So I think that's why I was a big champion for his name. I was so excited, I am excited, and I will be excited to see what is gonna come up in 2018 when they will play the next one. So far so good, they have played different games Uh, around the world, they have won all them. Sometimes, you know, lower score Mm -hmm. or something. But this is, again, is a team that being formed again Mm -hmm. by his rules, by his methods, by the way he likes to coach. And so far, so good.
0: You know, some people have said, uh, you know, Brazil still need like that number nine. Who do you think, is, is there someone you think that could be a number nine for Brazil in the future? And more importantly, do they need a number nine, I guess?
1: If they play three, four in the
0: front, they don't need
1: to. Okay. If they play, well, I think it's four, two, four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think with Neymar being one of the guys that you know really likes to score, and he has scored a lot of goals, he has the potential to be a number nine without mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. the number nine. Okay. Uh, I don't know of anybody right now that will be in that. Mm-hmm. Same level as them. There's a lot of the kids now in some Brazilian teams that are, it could be the number Mm -hmm. nine. But I think that's one thing that Dunga is looking into it and he's going to pay attention and I think he's going to try different players in there. So either one, either all of them that are being maybe called in of Mm -hmm. different games, they have the opportunity to be that number nine. So I, I don't know of anybody right now, I do not have a name specific right now for that position that I will put it in right now.
0: I don't think most people do right now, to be honest with you, or else we wouldn't be having this conversation. Um, I was gonna ask, you, you've mentioned the clubs here in Brazil. We've, we've seen the explosion of, of the European leagues, the Bundesliga, the Premier League, the BBVA in Spain, uh, Serie A, the League 1, in France, Brazil being the hotbed of soccer that it is and it being basically the birthplace of the quote unquote beautiful game, why do you think that the Serie A of Brazil hasn't exploded kind of like these other leagues have in the world?
1: I think one thing has to do with the many different cups that they play at the same time. Mm -hmm. They have the Campeonato Brasileiro, They have the, oh, I forgot the other names. Um, But they they play two at the Mm -hmm. same time, Mm -hmm. plus the original one, Mm -hmm. and then the Libertadores. Mm -hmm. So I think what happened, because there's so many games Mm -hmm. to different cups, Mm -hmm. the players are becoming exhausted. Okay. And they do not know if do they play hard through this championship, to this one, or do I save myself for the Libertadores, or do, or what do I do? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a little bit of confusion with the coaches at the same time, at the same time, because they play the same teams for different championships. Mm-hmm. So there is not a a one direction. They have they have three or four directions at the same time. It used to be that like you have for a six month, you would have one, then that one will finish, then you concentrate on the other. When that one finished, there was a champion from each one. Those are the ones that are going to the Libertadores. Mm-hmm. Right now is a, is a whole mixture of it. You are playing in here in Brazil, then you are playing the Libertadores. So you're traveling to Mexico, you're coming back in here, you have to play teams here. I think there is becoming a little bit too tired to mm-hmm. the teams. Um, The players have complained. They do not have enough time to recuperate from injuries. Mm -hmm. Um, It's putting a lot of uh, stress with all the traveling because you all know Brazil is a pretty big Mm -hmm. country. Certainly, yeah. It's it's a long, so if you live in here in the south, let's say my team, the Internacional, if they have to play up north, that's a four or five hour trip. They will come on back down and then they have to go to Mexico. They, they come back in. Then they have another play, another game in Rio. And being that they play twice a week, you lose a day traveling. You have one day of rest and then you have one day of training. Then you have another game. Mm-hmm. It's just becoming, I think, too much. So one, people, are and that's another thing that is, I think, is taken away from mm the aura itself of the Brazil games, mm-hmm. that people are not going, is becoming too much. The p- people that are going to the stadium to watch, they are not, don't even know sometimes, well, it's for this champion, or it's for that tourney, or it's for the Libertadores, or, so they are becoming confused. Mm-hmm. They are losing interest on in it. So I think that's, you know, it's a combination of a lot of things, that that's why a lot of the players, have gone to Europe to play. That it seems. I don't say that it's easier because mm-hmm. over there too they have to travel to Russia. They have to travel to Greece. They travel to other places mm-hmm. like that too, but they concentrate in one cup, one championship, one tournament at a time. Yeah.
0: so. I think that that's to your point. You know, in England they have the the FA Cup and League Cup. In Spain they have the Copa del Rey, uh, which we were actually watching a little bit of last night. Um, but even though they have these tournaments, they are just one. I mean, I, when I was looking up some of the stuff for Brazil, it's, they, they have individual tournaments for every state. Yes. And that to me is, pff, you know, it's, it's insane a little bit. So to your point, you're exactly right. I think there's, there's too much going on right now, and that, that is going to put a worse product on the field, unfortunately, which is a shame because, I mean, I think it would be great if, if Brazil could have a great league, then more people would go to. I think it is a little bit of a shame while you think you know your top players might still go to, to European countries like Neymar. You'd like to think at least some of them would come back though at a more age. You know, especially in a place that is known for soccer so much.
1: Well, Kaká did come back. I don't know if you all know of him. He, I think, he's mm. going to end up. He's ending up his career here in Brazil.
0: Well, I actually have heard he's he's but actually going to go back to the states.
1: He is on a loan yes. since now. Just like you said, not only we have the national tournaments, we only, we we have regional too. Mm. So usually every team has Team A and Team B. Mm-hmm. So some of the players, you know, play only the original ones for, t- the, for the big team. So you see, you go to the stadiums and you do not gonna go in there and to see a Team B. You want to see a Team A. Well, oh, yeah. Team A cannot play the original ones because they're playing, you know, the other ones. Mm-hmm. A lot of the players do come back, but you know, by the time they come back, they just don't want to play anymore. <laughs> They just were, uh, Robinho is another one that came and he's I think Santos, Mm -hmm. he's playing, Santos or Sao Paulo, one of the two. But he is 30, I think he's 35 or 36 years old. Mm -hmm. He's coming back, he's hoping that he still can make, you know, Mm -hmm. the seleção one more time. Kaká too came and played for uh, Sao Paulo, I think was Mm -hmm. the team he came to it. And now he's on loan to the state. So some of the big stars, by the time they come back from Europe, they are finished and done. Mm -hmm. They have made, if they were really good, and most of the ones that do go out there are good players, Mm -hmm. Uh, they make a decent money when they are there. Mm -hmm. So once they come back, they don't need to work anymore, so to speak. So they can leave off their royalties and you know the money that they made while playing soccer if they are smart. Mm. Some of them not so much, but you know, lately they are becoming smarter about that, um, and they come back and they do other work. They work for television stations just like Ronald, yeah. Ronaldo. He's working, you know, worked during the World Cup as a commentator. Uh, there is Bebeto there, which was one of the last one that won some of the cup too. He's another one that is there. So there is some that come and stay into the sports field, but most of it just go back to obscurity almost, Mm -hmm. because they don't, one, they don't need to. And uh, they ended their career, now it's short, it's not a long one, so Uh once they come back, they're done with soccer, so. But that's what, you know, I think it takes its toll, and most, more lately, because of all those championships. Mm -hmm. And then you got to figure that not only they play those games, then yeah, now Brazil don't have many playing in here, but they are called in to play mm-hmm. for the, the, the Seleção, for mm-hmm. the Brazilian team. To those two, they need to travel. There, it is two weeks usually mm-hmm. that is taken away from their regular play, their regular time with their team that they are back, you know, playing for Brazil, you know, to all over the world that they're playing during, you know, where to prepare for the next World Cup.
0: Well, let's wrap up here uh, with one last thing. Uh, you obviously grew up here. You spent most of your y- youth here, uh, up until you know your twenties when you came over to the states. Um, what was it like growing up here with with this team and with with this culture and and just living here?
1: As a, a person, you know, from Brazil, and I think that goes for everybody, everyone that has that was born in here in Brazil or that has lived in here. They know that soccer is the Brazilian sport. You were born, it, it is almost in your blood, almost like to say that football and basketball mm-hmm. is, you know, on the blood of the kids from the United States. That's what they want to play. Those are the, the the people that they idolize, you know, mm-hmm. the, the bigger uh, sports uh, the big sports figures and everything. So for Brazil is soccer. We're from the beginning, from the way you as soon as you were born, one of the first toys that you get for Christmas is a soccer ball. So that is in your heart from the early ages that you come in. You grow up grow grow up and you see you know the on TV that's most what you see is the, the games you know mm-hmm. for uh, soccer games. You hear in the news, you see on the newspaper, you leave soccer. Plus being a, in a country, a tropical country, mm-hmm. so to speak, we have soccer from January to 1st to December 31st. Mm-hmm. There is no off period for mm-hmm. soccer. So you see all the time, and it's, it's our pride. And we are known through the world as the beautiful game. We do have we used to have i don 't think we do have as much anymore because the the game has become more technical. Mm-hmm. You have to be more disciplined nowadays because that's how it's an easy way to win the games and that's what happened that Brazil lost to mm-hmm. Germany because they have a more tactical game mm-hmm. they have a more discipline they have more plays that are set in as opposed to the Brazilian game, mm. the beautiful game, the, the in, in the game, creation of some of the plays. So that's what I think most of it, European, that's how they play. So they are having, I think, a little advantage over Brazil mm. now in that way. But still, if you go, if you land in the land of Brazil, mm. you will see it's soccer, it's soccer, and it is soccer, and it's always gonna be soccer, so to me, It was a little hard when I got to the state, not being able to share this passion because soccer in the state still has not exploded. Mm -hmm. It has become more lately that it's being televised. The MLS is being more respected lately. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, the, I wouldn't say the next cup, but the states, every cup, they are advancing a little bit more. They are showing more what they can do. Mm-hmm. They are having a lot of players being uh, developed into in the state. They are going to play in Europe, too, mm-hmm. that they are learning the game. They are developing the love for soccer and not just for football. So, And, I'm, and I foresee, it just like basketball, just like baseball, just like any other of the sports, that once the people from the state, there is the champion for that mm-hmm. that sport, that they can go out there and they will dominate. You know, just mm-hmm. like any other one. So you know, maybe I won't see, but maybe my grandchildren will <laughs> see the United States hosting the World Cup trophy. One of the, you know, soon.
0: And I will get to work on those grandchildren. <laughs> um, well.
1: It was not. A, a play on the words it was you know it was not a something for him but you know just as a anybody that has right now that has the the, the love for the game in the state probably and I know I have some friends of mine that they have kids that are playing soccer they like soccer and that's their feeling too that their grandchildren probably are going to see the cub being horsed by an American player in the future.
0: Russia 2018 can't wait all right well thank you so much for joining us here today mom it's been a pleasure thanks so much for bringing your expertise of the beautiful game to our crap podcast it's just amazing and folks that is going to do it for us here today on episode 33 of the only sports of the podcast uh many thanks again to Susie Green for joining us you're here very
1: today. welcome I hope I have not confused you all I hope my English was good enough for you all to understand me and as Edward said, if you have any question, uh, any comment, or anything to do, I do not have Tweet, I do not have Instagram, so you got to use his accounts. So please do let him know what you thought of this podcast for those of you that listen. And once again, a Merry Christmas to you all in a new year full of realization, expectations, your dreams, hopefully they will all can come true. So. From Brazil, from Torres, I'll say goodbye.
0: All right. So we, I of course, want to thank podbean.com for hosting our podcast, always doing such a great job, so great in this new year. I um, want to also thank the iTunes Music Store and Stitcher Radio for also putting us out there. If you want a link to any way you can get to us on social media, just check out the podcast description. Wes and I will be back with producer Des next week for our Christmas spectacular also known as episode 34 of the only sports for the podcast. And then New Year's Eve night, Wes and I will be back, au vivo or live, and it will be fantastic. We will be telling you, catching up with everything that has been going on in the world of football while we have been off on international break. So from all of us here down in Brazil, in the Caribbean, and back in North Carolina, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We will catch you next time. Boa noite, Brazil.
1: Boa noite.
0: Yeah, that's a bad one too. Yeah. 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 yeah.